This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And happier listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com happier. Visit IXL.com happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about scheduling some daily transcendence, and we'll talk to writer and podcaster Lewis Howes about his new book, The Mask of Masculinity. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, whom I love, even though, Elizabeth, sometimes you do call me a happiness bully. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretch, I love you even though you are sometimes a happiness bully. (laughs) I think we've made our peace with that. Yes. So we want to let everybody know that a cool thing that's going to be showing up in your feed in a few days on Friday. We love Chris Gillibo and his excellent podcast, Side Hustle School, which is all about how to create your own side hustle. And he had an episode which we thought really struck a chord with us from sort of a happier perspective. So we thought everybody might enjoy listening to it. So we're going to add it as part of your feed on Friday so that you can take a listen to it yourself. And then if people want to keep listening to Side Hustle School, they'll have to go and subscribe to that. Right. This is a one-time thing. You are not going to keep getting Side Hustle School. This is just a quick bonus. It's like a five to seven minute episode as he always does them. It's a wonderful story about a 13-year-old girl in Australia who has a side hustle selling lollipops. And there's a discussion about why this really actually makes her happier in a lot of different ways, not just the freedom and options that come from making money, but in other ways too. So take a listen. Yes, it's a great episode. Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to schedule some daily transcendence. Yes, we are all trying to get more transcendence in our life, Gretch. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. It can sound sort of funny to schedule something mm-hmm. like transcendence. It's like a weird mix. But I think in the chaos of everyday life, when everybody's got a million things on their mind, it can be easy to lose track of sort of the transcendent eternal values and and sort of thinking at a higher level. And at least for me, I mean, one of my secrets of adulthood is if it's not on the calendar, 
it doesn't happen. So if I want anything in my life, I have to figure out a way to schedule it because otherwise, like something like transcendence, there's it just never happens. Yes. Um, and Gretchen, I mean, you help people out with this, including me, because you have your moment of happiness email that you send out. It's, I think, five days a week. Right, right. And and this is a good example, I think, of uh, one of the most popular ways to have daily transcendence is through reading. There are many ways to have transcendence, but reading something that is spiritual or transcendent, you know, about art or nature, all these things is great. And sometimes it's really nice to have a bite-sized things. And like, and like you say, with my moment of happiness newsletter, it's one quotation that's somehow about human nature or something that I find transcendent and interesting and beautifully expressed. You get it in your inbox once a day. It's kind of manageable. It's regular. And yet you get that hit of transcendence. Yeah, I read it while I brush my teeth. Every <laughs> day, so I have it scheduled. In. That's good. Pairing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, there's a lot of ways to do it. Jamie worked with a guy who, for many years, who got an email for daily Torah study. Mm. And I know from writing better than before that a habit that a lot of people want is the habit of daily Bible reading. Um, so again, yes. that's like they want to tap into that every day in some sort of regularized, scheduled way. I think what I would like to add to my um, daily transcendence scratch, aside from your quote of the day, <laughs> is maybe reading a poem every day. Because I feel like I never read poetry ever. I mean, maybe like once a year, I'll like read some poems. Yeah. And it's it's such a huge part of literature that I'm just not, you know, looking at that, you know, I feel like would be so valuable. Well, I have an answer for you. Because my mother-in-law actually gets an email that is a daily poem. Oh, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called uh, The Writer's Almanac, and it's with Garrison Keillor, who you know is famous for mm. uh, Prairie Home Companion. And it's a daily poem, plus it'll have this day in history or you know some kind of interesting little fact from literary history or general history. Oh, that's fun. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes she'll forward me the poem. So um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it's, uh, it's The Writer's Almanac puts out this daily okay. poem email. Oh, I'm going to sign up for that. Well, the thing is, I like this kind of structure because I feel like it's manageable. You can really reflect on something because it's short. It's something that's powerful. It stands alone, you know, if you're doing this daily reading. It's like, you know, the Wisdom of Sundays. We went to the, um, yes, have to mention that we went to Oprah's book party yes. for the Wisdom of Sundays. And the idea of the Wisdom of Sundays is it doesn't have like a date. It's not set up to be read day by day, but you could certainly read it that way. And a lot of books are written that way where there's a passage or an excerpt that's only a page or two pages long, and you could sit and read it and then the rest of the day kind of reflect on it or let it set the mood for your day or kind of start your day off on a higher note. But it's still something that you could do when you're still racing around with a million things on your to-do list. Yeah, I think a lot of people right before they go to bed, like oh. right before they turn out the light, they like to read something like that. Like, you know, some like the Wisdom of Sundays or oh. a Bible passage or something. See, that's so interesting. See, I would never do that kind of reading at the end of the day because I feel like I'm so tired. I like to do it at the beginning of the day, but I'm such a lark morning person. That is such an interesting distinction. I bet because it would be kind of a nice way to end your day. Kind of calming. It's sort of the equivalent of writing in your gratitude journal at the end of the day, which is what Sarah does. Yeah. My writing partner. That's really interesting. I would be curious to know from listeners if they do this as a morning practice or an evening practice, because I can see the benefits of both. And of course, Gretchen, I have to mention your page a day calendar 
which has a bite-sized moment of transcendence, you know, that that's literally marked out day by day for you. <laughs> and you can just rip it off when you're done reading it and throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it's just like one little, it's one of those page-a-day calendars. So it's just like one little idea. And the idea is, is this like, sometimes you just want one thought, one idea, one suggestion to kind of ponder um, and then you just rip it off and throw it away. And Elizabeth, I have to say, it was so fun for me to do a page-a-day calendar because, you know, growing up, this was like a big theme for every Christmas was like, who got yes. what page-a-day calendar? Dad got Far Side. Yes. I-, I got word a day You got different various cartoon ones over the years, right? Oh, yeah. That was such a fun tradition. Yeah. And there's a lot of books like this with great quotations, whether they're day by day or just collections. But I really do feel like it's an easy way to bring that transcendent note. And the thing is, if you feel like your life never has that part of it, I think life starts to feel kind of dry or even meaningless. Yeah, it's like when you just get too into the grind, it really becomes a problem. And I know for me, trying to be creative, it's really helpful to tap into sort of higher thoughts, you know, because it just sparks things that you don't get just from, you know, watching CNN and doing a daily commute. (laughs) And, you know, and also a lot of times with these things, they're beautifully expressed. And I feel like that's also refreshing, that it's not just like the daily way that people express. It's not just the newspaper, magazines, what you're reading online. It's people using beautiful language or, you know, really elegant structure. And so it does feel... Like it's stretching your mind in some way, and that feels good as well. Yes. So let us know if you tried this at home and how scheduling some daily transcendence works for you and how you did it. There's probably many, many resources that people are using to get this kind of daily reading into their lives. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 142. This is episode 142 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we talk about skipping the bad parts, but first, a little break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team 
and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Elizabeth, it's time for our happiness hack. Yes. And today's happiness hack is very simple. It's skip the bad part. (laughs) Now, Elizabeth, you and I started talking about this hack and realizing what a valuable hack it is. When we were watching the television show Game of Thrones, we were discussing Game of Thrones and talking about how both of us had stumbled across this hack. Yes, because there were a lot of scenes of people getting tortured, especially (laughs) Theon, one of the characters, had a whole storyline, which was nothing but him getting tortured. And unfortunately, a lot of other characters also get tortured. And I just cannot handle those scenes. So I just started fast forwarding through them. Well, and I think both of us had this feeling that like that's wrong to do and that somehow you, you're you not really watching or, or you're not really having an experience if you don't put yourself through everything. And then both of us sort of independently were like, you know what? We could just skip the bad parts and enjoy the good yeah. parts. We don't have to subject ourselves to this out of some false notion of, you know, kind of completeness. Yeah. It's like I'm either not going to watch the show or I'm going to fast forward through this. Right, right. Because I was like up at night. It was keeping me awake, these (laughs) scenes, and giving me nightmares. Yeah. No, sometimes you're like, I know this is going to come back to haunt me for years. This is, I I should really like (laughs) bail right now. Um, I had this experience too because there's this, you know, famous book. It's been, you know, the classic book, um, wonderful book called The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. And the problem with this book is, Elizabeth, as you know, I have this huge problem in that I cannot stand any plot that has unjust accusation. Yes, I know that about you. I mean, Atonement, The Fugitive, Othello, I (laughs) cannot stand unjust accusation. So with The Count of Monte Cristo, it opens with um, the main character being unjustly accused. And so for years, I was like, well, I can't read this book. And then I thought oh, I'll just skip the first few chapters until he's escaping the prison and then I'll go right to the vengeance because there's tons of vengeance Mm. and I love the theme of vengeance. Like he assumes this false identity and goes through and like punishes everybody who unjustly accused him. I like that part. And I just thought, well, I'll just skip over the part that I can't stand so I can enjoy the book because otherwise I'm just never going to read the book. And I did this, Gretchen, with uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, yeah. The TV show based on the book, which I passionately love this show. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. But there is a six-year-old boy in it who's having issues at school and he's dealing with unjust accusation, as a matter of fact. And I just fast-forwarded through those scenes. (laughs) Um, and I just would ask people what happened, but, and at the end, by the way, it all works out for the little boy, but I'm just like, I'm not going to watch a six-year-old boy go through this, but I love the show so much. Um, I would just fast forward through those scenes. So, you know, it works for me. 
And it works for me. Skip the bad parts. Yep, skip the bad parts. And now for an interview with Lewis Howes. Now, I've known Lewis for a few years now. I can't even remember how we met somehow through the podcast world. He has a wildly popular podcast, 45 million downloads last time I checked, as well as a New York Times bestselling book called The School of Greatness. His tagline is dream bigger, live better, make an impact. And in fact, I recently got to be a guest on his podcast, which was episode 541 in his studio in Los Angeles when I was there visiting Elizabeth. What's more, Lewis is a former professional football player and two-sport All-American. He has a new book that just hit the shelves called The Mask of Masculinity, How Men Can Embrace Vulnerability, Create Stronger Relationships, and Live Their Fullest Lives. We're very excited to have Lewis on the show and to talk about his book, but wanted to let you know that some subjects that Lewis touches on may not be appropriate for all children to listen to. So if you're listening with your kids, just wanted to let you know. So, Lewis, hello. You're here in the studio with me. I'm here. Excellent. I made it. Hi, yeah. Lewis. <laughs> hello. Oh, we're so happy to be talking to you. So what what was the inspiration for this? This is a little bit of a, of yeah. a shift from what you've been doing before. What got you thinking about this idea of the mask? The inspiration was because it was the, the thing that brought me the most freedom was talking about this. Mm. And as a man, mm. I grew up in society through peers, through sports, through coaches, through classmates, that I wasn't allowed to express myself in healthier forms. From ages mm. four to like nine, I was crying all the time. Uh -huh. I was screaming to my mom in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was yeah. crying when I hit the ground. And then all of a sudden, I was told that boys don't cry right. over and over mm. again. And uh -huh. I was told in class, don't be sensitive. Don't be this. Don't be that. I shouldn't say the words. And I became conditioned to change my way of being to fit in with my peers and just be accepted to have friends because right. I just wanted to be accepted. Well, and one of the things I should point out because lis listeners don't know what you look like, yes. but like you are kind of a, you're a very masculine looking guy. Uh -huh. Like you look the way sort of- Big white male jock. Yeah, no, you are. I mean, yeah. you're very good looking, very big, very athletic. Um, and so in a way that probably makes it, like you feel the weight mm -hmm. of all these masks that mm -hmm. people expect of you because you are exactly kind of- what somebody thinks of, of like, okay, I'm just going to like draw a quick picture. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, here's the thing, you know, talking about happiness, I was chasing everything that I thought was making me happy. Right. I was mm -hmm. uh, achieving great things in sports, going after my dreams. I had, you know, the hot girlfriends in my 20s, which was every guy's kind of dream growing up that I, uh, all my teammates would dream. Then after sports, I started making lots of money and business. I was doing all the things on the outside that I thought would make me happy, but it wasn't making me happy. Mm. And I didn't understand why aren't these things making me happy? Why aren't making more in my business, you know, hitting the New York Times bestseller list, having this girlfriend, all these things, these accomplishments, how come I'm still suffering inside? Why is there a lack of inner peace? And I couldn't understand it until the trifecta of the perfect storm hit when I was 30. Mm. So I was 30 years old and I was in this toxic relationship that I didn't know how to get out of. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to express myself in a healthy form. And so I would take my frustration out into the world and get angry with everyone else. Uh, I wouldn't be angry with her. Uh -huh. I would never touch her, but I would take it out on other guys in the world. Mm. And 
through you know playing basketball if anyone just looked at me funny i was like looking for a fight ah. it was my way of expressing myself and the energy that was built up inside of me that happened i went through a really bad uh business breakup with my partnership at the time where i literally almost fought him in the middle of times square <laughs> and another one of our friends had to like break it up and, and and then i got into an actual fight where unfortunately i put a guy in a hospital oh and, my god wow and i gave myself the okay because he hit me first I said, well, he hit me first, so it's okay for me to uh, retaliate, right? So and that is things, the traditional yeah. <clears throat> masculine thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. Res you know, defend yourself, be aggressive, hit someone back. And so for me, these three things happened within like a couple months. Uh. And I was like, okay, why am I not happy inside? Why am I so aggressive? Why am I so mm. angry? Why am I so passive aggressive? Why am I, why do I feel like everyone's out to get me? Right. Mm. And, but I'm achieving all these things on the outside. Yes. Everyone was like, dude, you've got it all. You're, you're. Everything looks good. Like, why are you so mad? And that's when I started to look for some support and started to look from within. I was like, okay, I want to address all of these things. So I got a therapist and had some sessions. I hired a coach. I went to emotional intelligence workshops. I was like, I'm, I read the happiness project. Right? I was like, I'm going to try it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah um, gonna... and going through all these things, I still wasn't open. I was like, you know what? I teach this stuff. You know, this is stuff I talk about in my podcast and yeah. all these things. And eventually, in one of these workshops, I got to the place where I opened up about being raped by a man when I was five years old. Mm. And I was addressing all the stuff in my childhood from, you know, parents getting divorced, from being picked on and bullied to my brother was in prison for four and a half years when I was eight. So I didn't have friends during that time uh, to just a lot of just insecurities and fears I had as a kid. I think that a lot of kids go through. But I never addressed this one thing where I was sexually abused until this moment mm -hmm. where I finally talked about it in yeah. this workshop. And it was like a rush of emotions. I couldn't stop crying. I was just bawling. Mm -hmm. Once I finally kind of let this out, 25 years, no one knew this about me. Uh -huh. And I was suffering inside. And mm -hmm. I was suffering because I didn't feel like I knew how to express my emotions about things that hurt me from the past, mm -hmm. things that hurt me in relationships now, things that I was frustrated with. I didn't know how to communicate them because I had always been taught and trained through peers and society that I wasn't allowed to express them as a man. Uh-huh. And when I finally opened up, it was like this weight off my shoulders. It was a sense of freedom that I never felt. Just like that, just immediately from the, sort of the moment of the I mean, I was terrified when yeah. I first did it. Right. And then there, everyone was like, okay, you should tell your friends and family. I was like, there's no way I'm going to tell my family about this. But eventually I told my my mom, my siblings, one by one, and it was hard. It was really scary. I told my friends, which I was terrified because I was like, what if they don't accept me? What if they don't love me? What yeah. if they don't appreciate me? What if yeah. they judge me? Yeah. But the opposite happened. The uh -huh. more I opened up and showed myself and was just real and said, here's the stuff I've been through, the more people were like, Lewis, I've judged you your entire life. Mm. I've been you know, thinking of you as some person – like, yes, you've always been loving and fun and caring, but something's always been a little off. Mm. And thank you for finally opening up. And thank you for like, now I trust you. The men were opening up to me about the stuff they'd been through as kids. Mm. They were like, I was sexually abused and I've, I've been married for 25 years and my wife doesn't know. Thank you for giving me permission to talk about this. Wow. And so it's just been a crazy process. The more I started to heal and share the more other people started to open up to me. Uh-huh. And is is that when you realized this whole idea of these different masks men wear? Absolutely. Well, I, I realized like, okay, 
there's something here. I did a podcast about it like three years ago. And it was the most downloaded podcast I did talking about the sexual abuse that I went through. Mm. And I got hundreds of messages from men who were sharing their stories, way worse than the stories I'd been through, right? They were sharing the craziest stuff, but thanking me. They were like, thank you, because mm-hmm. I don't see any other man who looks like me talking mm-hmm. about this publicly, because it's not okay for men to talk about these things, is what we're taught. It's, I mean, it's challenging enough for women to talk about these things, but at least it yeah. seems like there's more... Uh, opportunities. It does seem like something where people, as more people do it, more people come forward, and yes. then there's like a general feeling that this is something we can all dis- we can exactly. all have in the open. Yeah. Exactly. And the more I started to talk about it with friends one on one, and then publicly, the less I had this pressure on my chest, the less I was worried about what people thought of me, mm. and the more people, you know, my business took off, my relationships took off, like all these things took off. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to do it to like grow my business, but people were just like, <laughs> yeah. people were just like, I just like you more. I just trust you. So were the masks kind of like, as you were trying to analyze, like, what's the face that I've been trying to show to the world and what is this false face and what is the real face? Did, did, did you sort of see yourself going through these nine yeah. classic masks? Yeah. I mean, originally I was just like, I want to have these conversations with men and have, and create a space for them to open up, to talk about it with mm-hmm. their friends and family, because the freedom that I felt, you know, I have a lot of uh, gay lesbian friends, right? I live right in the middle of West Hollywood, which is like the, the gay population of uh, Los Angeles. And so many of my gay friends will say, you know, that's the pressure that I felt before I actually opened up to my fa- my parents or my friends, mm. you know, living a lie. I was living behind a mask my entire life, trying to fit into society that mm-hmm. I was straight when really I was gay. Right. And they're like the sense of freedom, you know, the the weight, the physical weight that actually comes off their body, the the lightness. And that's kind of what I felt like. I was like, man, these secrets that men are holding. Mm-hmm. Almost 50% of men feel like they don't have one guy friend they can share their secrets to or their insecurities mm. to. So imagine always having this secret or these insecurities or these fears that no one ever knows about you. It's like a prison for your heart mm-hmm. and it's suffocating. It's suffocating and it's got to manifest somewhere, either through a heart attack, Mm -hmm. through Mm. disease, through aggression, Aggression. through, I mean, a lot of things that are happening in our society that we see regularly are sexual abuse and sexual harassment, which we see a lot in the media. We see domestic violence with athletes. Every year there's an athlete in the NFL that beats his girlfriend, beats his wife. That's a huge thing. Uh, We see racial tension. We see different killings that are happening all the time. All these things are angry men, men that don't know how to express Mm -hmm. themselves in healthier forms. They don't know how to communicate their feelings. And so they lead with anger to protect themselves. There are different masks. We see the sexual mask with sexual harassment. We see the aggressive and alpha mask with the uh, domestic abuse, domestic violence. We see all these other things, the know-it-all mask with the racial marches, like our way is the right way. We know this. Mm -hmm. All these different masks come out Mm. and- I feel like we've just been conditioned for so many years that it's okay to do certain things or that we need to do these things to be masculine, to fit in, to be accepted. And it starts from an early age and it just continues to grow as men get more power or feel like they can have more opportunities to do these things. And it's just a challenge. Well, one of the things that's interesting about your book is you go through and and you describe each of these masks. And I'm just going to listen because I think they're all so interesting. You listed several of them, but there's also the stoic mask, the athlete mask, the material mask, the sexual mask, the aggressive mask, the joker mask, Mm -hmm. the invincible mask, the know-it-all mask, the alpha mask. 
And one thing that's interesting, you go through all this, and then at the end of each chapter, you sort of say, like, what can men take from this right now? And you also have a section for women. What yes. can women take from this? And I imagine that a lot of women are, are reading your book. More women are reading this than men. Uh-huh. And do you think that's because men are trained, like, men don't talk about masculinity? A, a, lot, of men, <laughs> a lot of men are reading this as well, but I actually, went, when I finished it, it was, I was like, okay, I wrote this for myself and for men like me. Uh-huh. Because it's a constant reminder for me to show up differently every single day to, you know, 30 years of conditioning is hard to break overnight. Yeah. So it's a constant reminder. But I was like, wow, women are going to get so much value understanding their fathers from this, understanding their brothers, their sons, their husbands who may be disconnected or maybe who aren't emotionally available. If there's any women listening uh, who's (laughs) been in a relationship where their man wasn't emotionally available, it's a hard thing to swallow. And I think... uh, I think women are going to find this very enlightening to be able to first be aware of the masks that the men in their life are wearing. And once you're aware, then yeah. you can start to understand, well, why are they wearing this mask? Where's the deeper thing beneath this? And then, okay, how can I connect and relate to him in a way that makes sense? So we can just have a more harmonious communication style. And that's it. And Lewis, do you have any advice for women on like how to, aside from obviously getting them, their husbands or men in their lives to read your book, do you have any (laughs) advice on sort of how to get at that mask issue? Because if they're having the masks on, they're not going to want to talk about the mask. (laughs) Exactly. It's really challenging. First rule is don't talk about the mask. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, if you just come and criticize the man who's wearing the mask, he's going to say, screw you. Don't try to change me. All these things. Right. So how can we come from a place of understanding right? and try to put ourselves in their shoes and say, why might they be doing this? Why are they so afraid? Why are they so protective? Why are they constantly like aggressive or passive aggressive? Or why do they always have to make a joke right. in well, this moment? You know? I have to say, as I was well, reading about the Joker mask, I was thinking about, <laughs> I mean, I, I know Friends way too well, the television show. And Chandler's definitely Joker mask. And there's points mm. where somebody's like, man, stop joking about this. I'm trying to be serious with you. And he's like, but I'm just joking to break the tension. Like he's very overtly in invo- yes. saying like, this is my mask. He's not comfortable expressing himself. Yes. Yeah, or so- just sitting in the... Uh, you know, the the messiness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like his, the pain of his parents' divorce. It's like it's just mm-hmm. like joke after joke after joke. So, yeah, I think it really resonates. And you see people struggling with it and feeling like they can't connect and in him feeling like he's unable to put it down and really have yeah. a serious conversation because yeah. that's how he does it. Yeah. And then there's nothing wrong with being humorous and being the funny person. But I think it's just if it hurts people in the process because you're not able to shift Right. And be present to actually what's happening and support people when they may be going through something, then it's kind of off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. And what you pointed out earlier is there's a lot of rewards for having these masks, short-term rewards. So it's hard to sort of put that aside for what might be a more fulfilling life. Absolutely. Here's the thing. It's tough because these masks work. They work so well. Uh, You know, the more I wore the athlete mask, the better the athlete I became. Mm. The more I wore the material mask, the more money in my bank account grew. Mm-hmm. The challenge is when I was driven to make more money, I didn't sleep. I didn't have any good relationships. I gained 60 pounds. Mm. And so there were definitely prices I paid. But mm-hmm. I got the results. So right. I'm, you know, I'm saying to people, don't tell me what to do because I'm getting results more than you. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what to do because I'm achieving athletic goals but when everything is a competition in my life right? and my girlfriend's like, why is everything a competition? Why can't we just have fun? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's like, it hurts other things, other parts of our lives. So it's just about being aware 
and recognizing what works for us, what doesn't work for us, and how it can improve. Now, Lewis, you and I talked about the four tendencies when I was on your podcast. That was tons of fun. And um, I want to talk for just a minute about the fact that you are a... Rebel. Rebel. (laughs) Yes. Willing to flout convention. You can't tell me what to do. Highly identified with identity. Wanting to be tapped into the authentic self. Can do anything he wants to do. Anything he chooses to do. This sounds like a pretty good description of your (laughs) path. Absolutely, yeah. And do you feel like if people say, well, you have to do this, it makes you kind of want to do the opposite? So maybe people were saying, this is the kind of man that you have to be. You're like, you can't tell me what kind of man Um, to be. More like if they told me what I can't do, I'll do the opposite. Mm. I gave you the example when I went to college. My siblings told me that I was going to be this drunk football player, just jock, right? And I was going to be drinking Mm. all the time. And I was like, screw you guys. I'm not going to have one sip of alcohol. (gasps) And so I made a bet with them, $100 each, that I wouldn't have a sip of alcohol through all four years of college, and I didn't have one sip. Wow. And my my teammates were always trying to get me to drink. I was the only guy who didn't drink. And it wasn't even, it didn't even phase me. It didn't matter. And I was just like, no, I'm good. I don't want this. Wow. Because I was was willing to do whatever it took to prove people wrong. Right. My my mass was strong. That's the that's the power <laughs> of the rebel. Um, so final thing, Lewis. So we ask everybody who comes on the show if they have a try this at home, which mm-hmm. is this like concrete, manageable tip that people can try like tomorrow to make themselves happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. Do you have a try this at home you want to recommend? Yes. When you go to bed at night, if you're laying next to someone, your sweetheart, your sweetheart, or if you're talking on the phone to someone you care about. Ask them first the three things they're most grateful for from that day Mm -hmm. and see what that evokes and listening to them share their gratitude and then reply with the three things you're grateful for. Mm. I do that every single night. You do. And I just feel like it puts me to sleep at such ease Mm. because it's hard to be frustrated and angry and grateful at the same time. Right. It drives feelings of gratitude, drive out those negative feelings. Yeah. Excellent. Gratitude. Yeah. gratitude. It's you guys talk about that connect. all the time. Yeah. It's, and it's a great way to connect. That's yeah. exactly right. You yeah. get a window into some, the good parts of someone's day. Exactly. So, Lewis, thanks so much for making time for us as you're doing your book tour for your uh, terrific new book, The Mask of Masculinity. And I'll put all the links in the show notes to Lewis's site, his podcast, School of Greatness, the book. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, ladies. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you. Lewis. We'll be back in a moment with demerits and gold stars. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. And now, Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars. We take turns giving ourselves demerits. And Elizabeth, this is an even week, 142. So you're up for a demerit. 
Yes, Gretchen. And this is kind of a follow up demerit. Um, <laughs> I had a demerit about the fact that um, I hadn't been on the treadmill and I was blaming it on the fact that our TV wasn't working right in um, where we have our treadmill. And so therefore, I didn't want to get on the treadmill because I didn't have TV to watch. Well, update, the TV is fixed. So I should be back on the treadmill doing my pairing, watching the housewives on the treadmill at night or Saturday morning or something like that. And I have not gotten on the treadmill once since it's been fixed. Oh, you think it just sort of broke that pairing in your mind? I think so. Yes, I don't have my momentum. And with exercise, I am all about momentum. Like I can easily exercise four or five days a week if I'm in the groove. Mm -hmm. And then I can go a year without exercising. And this isn't including using the treadmill desk at work, but that's just its own separate thing. Can I suggest something in my own happiness bully way? Please. I think the thing is, is you're getting the fun of watching those TV shows without being on the treadmill. So what you need to Mm. focus on is not turning on the TV for those shows. Oh, you're right. Because then you'll start hankering. That's tough, but you're absolutely right. You got in the habit of getting the fun part without the Mm. healthy habit. So now you got to take away the fun part to drive (sighs) you towards the healthy habit. Okay, you're right. I can't deny it. (laughs) I'm going to attempt that. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Okay, Gretchen. Well, that's my demerit. I'll keep you posted. Um, What is your gold star? Well, I want to give a gold star to my daughter, Eliza. She's a freshman in college. We had parents weekend. And first of all, she was so relaxed about the whole thing. I remember being very flustered and kind of uptight Mm -hmm. when mom and dad Mm -hmm. came to visit me. And she was just very, very relaxed and kind of was willing to have her picture taken in front of her dorm, which I would have been like, I can't believe you. You know, I feel so ridiculous. And then also there was a dinner where we had it with our friends and she came. And then there was brunch where it was a friend of hers. And we're also happy to be friends with this girl's parents. And I thought, well, that was pretty nice, too. Like, she's going along on these family dinners, which I think many people would have not felt like doing. And so I just wanted to give a gold star for her for just having this relaxed, happy atmosphere. She showed us everything that we wanted to see. She was just so good-natured about it and so unselfconscious about it. I felt like she was far more mature um, than I was. I remember my parents' weekend, and I love it. It's happy, happy memories, but I do remember being pretty tightly wound. Well, and the good thing is, if she's that relaxed, it probably means she's happy and settling in and, you know, doing really well. Yeah. Because if she weren't, she definitely wouldn't be relaxed. Yeah. And that's what that was part of what made it such a lovely weekend. So, yeah. Oh, good. Gold star. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Schedule some daily transcendence. Let us know if you tried it and how exactly you did it. With a book, an app, did you sign up for an email? We want to know. Special thanks to our terrific guest, Lewis Howes. Again, his book is The Mask of Masculinity. And you can find links to his podcasts and other book in the show notes. Thanks to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. As always, if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, the resources for this week, as I mentioned, you can sign up for my Moment of Happiness newsletter. This is where you get a wonderful quotation about happiness or human nature every day in your inbox. It's a free newsletter, and I'll put links to that in the show notes. 
And I also mentioned the Page a Day calendar for 2018, which is now on sale. And I will post links to that, too, if you're a fan of the Page a Day format, which I love so much. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.